scriptures this morning from Matthew 10. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely received, you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings and witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what you say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death and father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to the other. I tell you the truth, you will not finish going through cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and servant like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household. So do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men... I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient. Oh, that's just there. I think that's from last week, guys. Sorry. (laughs) So so the end is, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor here at Christ Central Church. And... um, We continue our sermon series on a New South Revolution, and um, next week will be our last week, and uh, finish up this sermon series, and then we'll begin a summer series on the Psalms, going through some of those for the summer. And um, Pastor Giorgio, I just want to tell you I appreciate um, your courage in speaking to the white man's burden 
out of what has been your own struggle in that burden. Appreciate that. I want you guys to understand that these past three messages we've done on eclectic community have been largely personal for us and thus hard on us. We appreciate your prayers and encouragement. You know, when you do those kind of talks and you start talking about ethnicity and culture and race and all those sorts of things, it feels like you kind of just hang yourself out there, you know. And when you talk about all that stuff, because without a doubt, you will and can miss something or be blind somewhere, offend somebody. So thank you, Pastor Georgie, for your courage in going there. With that said, this week, as we look at our scripture... We are encouraging you to join us in the struggle, to sign up, to participate in, to get your blue suit too, right? Only a couple people got that joke, it's all right. To be a moving part of this gospel-based revolution, to have it happen in you and then through you right here in this, the new south right here in Charlotte. And it is not me or Pastor Giorgio that are calling you to do it. The scripture here says that the Lord of the revolution here in Charlotte himself, Jesus Christ, made the call almost 2,000 years ago. Calling for what would then and now cause a revolt, a rebellion, an uprising. Dare I say it here in the South, a new civil war but one unlike the first that this country experienced. It wouldn't leave reconstruction, but restoration. Not lead to Jim Crow, but eclectic community. Not bring a, a culture in society of fear and apathy, but this gospel revolution is about progress and redemption. The Bible tells us here that Jesus is sending his disciples out for the first time. To talk about the kingdom that is coming and, and with it to heal and teach and, and show mercy and to drive out demons. To bring and talk about restoration to a people and the Jews that had experienced and, and were living the results of what could be termed a northern aggression by Rome and, and before that other world powers of Babylon and Assyria and Egypt and Greece. These were a people who, having been ransacked by powers around them, having been taken advantage of, who were called to assimilate and, and sell out their faith. These are the people who worked hard to, to stand and stay strong and, and trying to keep and protect and sought to preserve their sense of heritage and land, holding strong their history and heritage of father. Abraham and the God of the Bible. They sought to endure what would have been an ancient version of reconstruction by the hand of the Romans and the Greeks, who with military might and money and influence and affluence sought to shape and woo the Jews into better Jews for them. To turn these simple southern religion folk into a tax-generating won't and can't raise much of a fuss group of slappy and happy and strumming archaic monotheists. And what resulted, like what we see in our own South, was a pride and strength as a people. But carved 
out of insecurity and fear and defeatism. What came out was a defensive and legalistic Judaism, but one that was optimistic among many of the folk. Like, you know, some of our some of those bumper stickers you see on a stereotypical pickup trucks in the South. Right. They believed that one day they would rise again. That their South would rise again. That for the Jews, a a Messiah would come and liberate them and free them and protect and promise and preserve them against the Romans. And guess what? The Messiah did come. And his name was Jesus. But contrary to popular thought, not to rage war against the Romans, against those northern aggressive folk. No, the cult, you know, against the cultural and religious enemies to their prideful existence. No, Jesus was bringing and sending his disciples here in chapter 10 of Matthew with a message that would bring civil war to his and their own people. And thus the conflict here. But as they would bring revolution, it would turn their own people against them. That the gospel of Jesus would, would be so revolutionary that it would cause Jews to hand over their brothers and sisters to the Roman authorities to be questioned and flogged. That it would cause such a hiccup in the South that it would tear a heritage in half, turning son against father and daughter against mother. A civil war. A gospel-driven civil war. And now that same Jesus, with that same message, is calling you and me to a revolution here in the South, in the New South in Charlotte, that will turn it upside down and even against itself as God seeks to bring restoration and redemption to it through his people in you and me. Now, I was raised in the South, born and raised, Charleston, South Carolina, the cultural mecca of the South. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that in Charlotte. I mean, my, my, my dad, he traced our family back all the way to the plantation we were part of. That's the black side. Y'all know those things work in the South. There's a white side, too. Yeah, I got an uncle, far a colonel in the Confederate Army, fighting to keep me in slavery. Wow, amazing. You know, my own uncle. The French Huguenot side, right? My folk were with Calvin long before the PCA existed. But anyway, let, let me move on. The little prideful thing I had to throw. But you know, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. No, we landed a church. <laughs> Gosh, I knew I shouldn't have said that. Somebody was going to. No, we landed right there in Charleston, South Carolina. Tea plantation. That's where we are. That's my people. Been here all my life. Supposed to be here still. And here are some words and short phrases that we love and have come to define the South. Right? Here's some words. And you may have some too. Okay? Heritage. History. History. Right? Manners. Polite. Preservation. Don't worry about it. Or or better yet, don't worry your pretty little head or heart. Leave well enough alone. Land. Family. Defend. Protect. Stay. Home. 
Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Know your place. Home cooking. Stand and settle. Everything's fine. Enjoy. Come on in. You know, that's a good Christian, whatever, girl or home or man or, you know, mine, my, our, we, the South. And many of those same words would apply to the call Jesus gives. But with it, Jesus is proposing and calling a revolution marked by the following words and descriptives as well. Force. Offensive. Surprise visitors. New. Change. Adoption. Find. Seek. Ask. Them. Their. Others. Leave. Get. Sword. Not peace. Reveal. Bring it to the light. Do it out loud in the streets and on the rooftops. Follow. And most importantly, go. To go. That this redemption, this revolution in the new south is Jesus calling us to engage in a place that doesn't always like to be engaged in the way he is calling us to. Jesus is telling his disciples, I am sending you to your own people. I am sending you to to where you are from or where you are right here and not just sending you to settle and and, and get a nice house and, and put a picket fence around it and sit on the front porch with some mint julep. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But that's not all I'm calling you to. But I am sending you to start a new discussion, a new dialogue. You you will not wait for the revolution to come to you through the gospel. You are rallying things up. You, in the words of the once great Michael Jackson, you're going to be starting something, right? <laughs> starting something in a place that can be very defensive. Whose attitudes, you know, are defined by keeping the status quo who fear change might destroy them. You are coming with a gospel message that challenges not their perceived enemies, but them and you about a heritage and history and way of living and thinking that may in many ways have become a source and sense of security and identity. Now, we've talked about this before in our sermons so far. Jesus calling you and me to say no to some preservation. My dad's a tour guide. You preserve everything. You don't know how much traffic problems we have in Charleston. Why? You can't move that tree. George Washington touched that tree. Seriously. Uh, Lincoln got off right here or something. Maybe Lincoln didn't go down there. But I'm just saying, somebody stayed right in this house. You can't move it. What kind of flowers those in the garden? You can't have those south abroad. You know, you, you, you are talking about going to a place where you're saying, let's bring restoration. Let's rewrite it for a better glory. Rewrite? This the south, Jack. You better get going, right? To, to no longer rest in living in our place. But to bring a message of eclectic community, multi-generational, multi-ethnic, and multi-gender. How many genders can you have? Only two, right? Okay. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. They just kind of fit all the multis together. I'm sorry, multi-gender. All right. All right. Got to slow down right there, Pastor. Okay. And he defines some of what this is going to look like. In the opening verses, he talks about going. And bringing healing 
and casting out demons and preaching to the lost sheep. He is saying what? This. To go to what? Into those things that in societies like these have been covered up. To go to the outside part of the town, right? To, to go to that neighborhood, to go to the forgotten and the disenfranchised and those that lay undealt with. Talk about and show that God cares about the forgotten. Highlight those people and things that say, guess what, y'all? Everything is not okay. That say, guess what, y'all? Everything is, 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 there's problems there. Y'all can't rise again. You got some serious problems to, to start thinking and talking about and dealing with people and what people don't want to, but need to. I mean, come on. Jesus should have sent him to the blue butts. That would have changed everything. Don't go with a demon folk. Hang out. Don't highlight that. Don't show us how much we need God. Show us how good we already are and let us rise up in that. No, Jesus says go to the people who need to be healed. Go to the broken places in society. Bring it up. To not stand on the sidelines and settle for what is actually unsettling to God, but to go to it and point it out and bring it up. And in verse 26, it says, So don't be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. To say it from the rooftops. And to reveal what is hidden and covered up and bring it out in the open. And what has been said in the secret, that what is being said in the secret, we are lost. We are not righteous on our own. Our lives are not ones that we should be comfortable in. Or that if you think you are okay culturally and historically and ethnically and, and, or whatever defines you, it is not completely true. You need redemption. Jesus is saying, do it by riling up the lower classes and the forgotten classes. You know, stop that thing about, you need to know your place. That's a good boy. He know his place. What? Jesus bringing all them people up in the middle of town. And when I was growing up, you couldn't go down King Street unless you had some pants on. You had to look right. I remember one time we were going out. Let's just go down to King Street. My mama said, I couldn't go down to King Street like this. I got shorts on. What? Jesus saying, go to King Street with shorts, cut off shorts. <laughs> Go sit at the counter at Woolworth, look and stink. That's what Jesus is saying. Grandma wouldn't let you go to Woolworth counter, look and stink, you know, for various reasons. Some very good civil rights reasons, right? She could sit at that counter for the first time. I remember that. Why we always got to go to Woolworth and eat, Grandmama? She'd go in there proud, sitting at the front counter at Woolworth where they wouldn't let you sit. You know, if you're a little darker. Get the grilled cheese and milk. Woolworths on King Street. That's right. Walking down the middle of the the, the side. Anyway, so. (laughs) Go to those people and things that are a result of a history that would thus be deemed not too clean or too good. If you got demons, folk running around, and they part of your heritage, if you got broken places and, and poor folk and all that kind of stuff going on, that's a mark on a history that says something wrong. Jesus says, go over there. Talk about the kingdom coming to those folk. Those folk like to rise up real quick. Call out and give voice about and for those folk that aren't smiling and happy and slappy in the South or in society or shouldn't be so happy. Talk about 
open discussion. Sometimes you jump in. Don't got to be more like me. Jump in first, then think later, right? Start a dialogue you don't know nothing about first. Then Jesus will fix it up. That's what this chapter is saying, right? You're like a sparrow. I'm going to watch after you. Talk first, think later. That's what Jesus is saying. Not really. But I'm saying what you should do is talk about how marginalized and wrongly treated Hispanics can be in this country, in this city. Bring up how some Charlotte churches are just too rich and too self-centered, right? Or for us here, right? Too caught up in our own sense of we change the city, we are artsy and cool, all kind of stuff. Talk about some of that ain't too good all the time. Talk about the fact that the biggest and richest black churches continue to be sustained in the poorest black neighborhoods. How come on Sunday the Cadillacs and Mercedes-Benz roll down my street? (laughs) On Sunday. And then Sunday about one, they headed back out. Why? Jesus is saying, go to the family reunion. Uh Uh-oh. And start conversations about things that people wax over. Racist and sexist jokes and politically and even racially demeaning conversations about your president, right? Dig up the history of places that people have built fortunes on. We should engage in discussion of how and why our denomination is so white. Talk about, engage in conversation about why there is such disparity between South and North Charlotte, racially and economically. Talk about the school situation. Go ahead and get in deep. Be on the newspaper. Be on the front page. And I trust me, your hair won't be ready when they come to see you. Your face be all shiny. It's amazing. I, you know, I majored in English. They get the camera on me. Something going, the, the old oldest mouth going to come out. The old gullum out, whatever. It's going to come out. I thought that was an intelligent pastor. It's the camera. Something about it. Hair going to be nappy. Anyway, listen, so <laughs> more and beyond that. Because understand, they're going to their homeboys and girls here, right? Come on. Y'all know how it is. Some of you not from the South. It don't matter. This is true in a lot of families, but mainly down here, right? Start a dialogue about your own family brokenness. And secrets. And fakeness behind religiosity, right? Why we go to church at the family unions? We didn't act like that on Saturday. But we all end up on church on Sunday, right? Looking like a typical church on Martin or something like that, right? Go to the broken places that need healing and deliverance. Right in your own family, Jesus says that the gospel brings out what needs to be revealed. Be careful how I use this word, but so be on the offensive. Man, our churches are so defensive. We're just waiting for somebody to come and see whether they get behind our tall walls. Of self-righteousness. Jesus saying, take a risk. Go. In the South, go. Go to somebody else's land without being invited. You know, well, we'll get to some of that in a minute. But, you know, be offensive like, like in my Southern family. Ask what really happened. Yeah, you got to put the really in there. You know, you got people in your family, who, who child is this Really? Y'all know, don't, don't. And sometimes there's some beautiful things that come out there. Well, you know, her mama, they left them, and then they have a family, and that's been your sister, we call them cousin so-and-so, but they really the next-door neighbor, the house burned down. Something like that. <laughs> there's some really good stories, but ask. You know, my dad did the family reunion, I mean, the, the 
our family tree all the way back to 1817, something like 1800s, 1700s. And he was like, uh oh, you know, he come to places. The, the branches ain't working out, you know. I'm trying to squeeze cousin so-and-so in there. She's been at every family union, but she ain't family. You know, ask the hard things. Why uncle so-and-so won't come to family events? Ask why my daddy drinks so much. Ask about and explore with your own family's help why women had to be steel magnolias. Why so some women are go around talking about how the men in the family ain't worth much. What's behind that? Why there are a bunch of children and no fathers around? Ask where the men are. Open dialogues about how abuses were covered up like they often are in the South, family-wise and culturally or as a city or in our churches. Go there. Not because you want to be a rebel rouser, but because your Lord has sent you to the graveyards and the plantations and everywhere in between to engage, to begin the dialogue, to go where and talk about it, but only as a God-given Jesus-brought thing. Make this clear here. Because if I let y'all run out of here right now, y'all be tearing some stuff up. (laughs) What he's saying is, You know, look at verses 9 through 13. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for your journey or extra tunic or sandals or staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there. Stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. I don't know if y'all had all those verses, but anyway. He's saying don't take a lot of stuff with you as you go, right? And then he says bring peace to places and people. That welcome you, right? And it, and it says that later that a servant or prophet is worth his reward or service. What is Jesus saying? Yes, we are called to call out and go and bring out and make alarm about the sordid and forgotten and broken in this place and among our own people. But not, hear this now, not from a position of power or self-righteousness. Right? You're, you're not going with the money and the gold. You're not going because you have it all together. We got enough of that in the South already, right? Or because you are bringing a personal sense of retribution, retribution. That's his saying, you speak for me. This is not about crushing people or getting vindication for yourself or just getting what you can out of it, right? But here's the point that the people and places that you engage with, that they will actually perceive you and accept you as someone, though coming with a pretty, revolutionary and uprising gospel sees you as someone who's come to serve them and love them as someone who likes to start stuff but can be trusted. Jesus says don't bring a bag, right? In the South, we got that derogatory term. What's he saying? In our call to engage our world, he does not allow for carpet bagging. Right? What's that mean? That we are not called in our revolutionary, revolting ways to exploit or to take 
or to uproot for ourselves, to just be mean or make ourselves feel better about ourselves, to to metaphorically slap somebody in the face, right? To maybe prove to yourselves that that we are better than our parents or or better than our place. You know, we went up north for school, so we come back thinking we better. We got we got something to prove that we got the education now, right? So we're going back or, or the place that we have grown up in, not a revolution to say that you have arrived in all these Charlotte or South Charlotte or old school, old South old school passes in churches, black or white bunch of country bumpkin, Colonel Sanders, porch dwelling, singing and swinging, ignorant, you know what, need to get straight. That's not what Jesus is saying. If he said those words, you got problems. Because it is so easy to engage with wrong anger or fear or self-righteousness. Take it from me. I sin a lot in this area. Go ahead and confess it. Because I'm mad. And I'm hurt. And I'm upset. I mean, I'm angry. There's a black man in the South. Yeah, I got bad black man face sometimes. And bad black man heart. Because I, I'm upset at the socioeconomic disparities and I'm disappointed with black people and myself for accepting, believing this inferiority thing. And, and man, I hate much of what I see around me and much of what I hear. And man, I just want retribution. I even might want to use the Bible to do it. To dog you. To make you feel guilty. To, I gotcha. Yes. I want to laugh about it. I want to dump on rich churches. I need them. When we start this church, we need them. But then later, you know. I get angry when I see my own people not progressing in what I think my own mind thinks they should progress in. You know, just the other night at Bible study, I was talking about northern and southern blacks and the rift. Monique, who ain't here, but Monique felt offended. She's like, man, I felt some hostility. You know what? She was right. I was a little mad. Just a little bit. Because sometimes the New Yorker blacks, you know, Connecticut black, come back. Oh, you poor southerners. You black southerners, y'all don't know nothing. Poor schools down here. I mean, I did go to school in South Carolina. I give you some, you know. I was unthoughtfully driven by deep fear and pain. I don't want to be seen as ignorant or whatever. That's Jesus saying for more than one reason, be wise as serp, we wise as serpents and harmless as doves, as doves. Find a place to be influential, but not to hurt, not to condemn, not to harm. Face it, Jesus saying engaging is not about using your newfound commission and freedom to get revenge or deal with hidden demons. In fact, he comes back and says this in verse 28. He says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny and yet one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of, not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my father in heaven. Says a lot of things there, y'all. But one basic thing it says is don't try to get justice for yourself through the gospel. Don't go try to be mean and knock something over because you're mad. Jesus is going to bring justice in the situation. 
and righteousness. You don't have the righteousness to do it. We got to check our hearts here. Don't do it out of fear that you're going to be forgotten or somebody's not going to hear you. Tell people the kingdom is at hand. This revolution Jesus is preparing us for. He talk about sparrows and all this stuff and, and needing his justice at the end. He's preparing us, y'all. Because this thing is painful. Y'all going to suffer being revolutionaries in Charlotte and in your family. You're going to suffer. Because you will not and, and, and should not get retribution by your own hands, but suffer. That is this new civil war which Jesus calling his people on a gospel offensive that will put you in harm's way. Because truth be told, if you bring up family secrets, if you dig up, if you, as Jesus says, go to the rooftops as the gospel does its work, if you're responsible for bringing the stuff that reveals the messed up heart and issues of the culture in the open, you will be rejected and create a mess. Look what it says here in verse 21. What's going to happen? Brother will betray brother to death. And they father his child. Children rebel against their parents and have them put to death. And then he says in verse 34, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father and daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. Families will be torn apart. Maybe it's your family. Your own people will turn against you. You might get kicked out of the country club or good southern woman club. Or the trusted brother and sister club. You will be sold out like a sellout to all that is good and southern and right and pure. Understand what Jesus is saying when he says that they will give you over to the Gentiles. Your own people may no longer embrace you. You will be in danger to the society. Your message will come off not only strange but wrong and offensive. Welcome to the gospel revolution. Something like this happened in my own family. Family reunion was coming. My mom passed away. I found some documents she was working on. Mm-hmm. Questions about grandmama. Hmm. Who was who child and who was what and whatever went on? You know, for my mama, hey, grace, for her, grace was supreme. All right, we find something wrong or something ain't, you know, something up. That's all right. Right? God's mercy covers a multitude of sins. Not always. Because you're talking about a matriarchal Southern protection family. Southern Catholics and Baptists. Loyal to the image and fear that someone was not pure blood or would be rejected or something. I've already seen too much, y'all. Four, five years. Won't talk to mama. What? Won't talk to me. Come in town, don't call you up. Down the street with the other family members, we in the other house. Grandmama. It happens. 
there's no gospel or belief in it, regardless of your intentions or pure, innocent or harmless, you will become, as Jesus says, often a sheep among wolves. And nothing would have angered the Jews more than Jesus to say, to call those who were deemed deemed themselves sheep among the Gentile wolves as Jews next to Gentiles, as calling a Jew a wolf of their own people. But it could happen right here. Y'all have stories. Wrapping this up. (laughs) Y'all have stories upon stories of right and good confrontations gone wrong. And rejecting. Some of you brought your new revolution stuff and all that new South stuff and family and it hasn't been too good or too comfortable. And thus Jesus says, I'm sending you like sheep among wolves. I'm asking you to take up your cross and follow. These images of death and separation. And he goes on to say, you know, if they did it to me, if they said I work from the devil, they're going to do it to you. Back in Jewish times, the goal was to be like your teacher. One day you could be like your teacher. Jesus was a teacher. And Jesus saying, hey, look, I'm going to die on the cross. They called me the devil. Ha ha. Welcome to teacherhood. You, like me, for the sake of what is good news for all involved, will die and get beat down and be falsely accused. But here's the end goal. To liberate. It says, whoever loses his life for my sake will gain it. That the things you suffer... The rejection you may be may feel as revolutionaries about a good news gospel message of acceptance. That through that there will be life. It's an irony because when you do this, you're, you're you're going to liberate and bring freedom to, to heal and cast out demons and go to the lost sheep. Understand that at this point in Israel's history, hope had been lost. Understand cover up. And heritage and defensiveness and self-righteousness and hiding and protecting and avoiding was the only way to stay alive. I mean, it was the only way to secure dignity and hope and peace for themselves to hate and fear and run and ignore and celebrate with eyes squinted and good southern style to continue to forge ahead and talk about the good old days among and on top of graveyards of sin and struggle and abuse and marginalized. The South, as with any place that stands defensive, is expressing its sadness. It's hurt. The cover-up, its defensiveness points to a people who in large part are hopeless for healing, who are hopeless for forgiveness and, and hopeless for dealing with all that deep and thick and heavy history of mistakes and sin who, who stand hopeless in the impossibility of fixing what we have broken and how we have been hurt and abused. And in that hopelessness, abuses go on. And no one talks about it. People have to stay in their closets and and we smile and fake and pretend because we don't know whether we can accept or handle what we might learn. And people live believing and afraid that, what, there are no words? There's no believing or message or Messiah? There's no southern comfort outside of what we can get in a bottle? Just mess that we have to make right ourselves and can't. And if that's true, leave it alone. If you're going to dig up something we can't fix on our own, leave it alone. There's no Messiah, no gospel. Leave it alone. 
You know, the South, the new South is dying and crying for a liberation that it can't bring itself, for a powerful message that it can't generate itself, for a people that it can't be all for themselves and a savior that it can't find on itself. And Jesus is saying, I am bringing a war. Not to condemn, but to free people. Yes, a civil war to liberate and free and separate people from a history and heritage that continues to breed hopelessness and death and fear to leave what has bound you even and especially across familial and ancestral lines and come to him. And Jesus is saying to his people, what I have whispered and told and shown about who I am Hear the words I give and bring the words and do the works of a gospel liberation only because I give the words of life. I bring freedom for forgiveness. I bring power for change. I heal and I fix and I accept and and I am the savior for a beautiful but broken south. And I send my people and I come with and new in them to make a new south. And a new people. For this new South Revolution right here in Charlotte. Jesus is calling us. And saying to us. You who know the gospel of grace. You who know the freedom of forgiveness from dark and deep issues. Seek. Find, free, go, gain, give, and liberate. Be about and bring a gospel revolution here in the New South. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus, you said in your word that no prophet's ever except in his own hometown. (laughs) You bring a message of healing and forgiveness from satanic forces, from deep and demonic evil in our histories, in our cities, and in our families. Stuff that has brought hopelessness to us. We want to cover it up and keep going because we don't believe it can be healed. Lord, give us faith and grace and a heart of love to bring your gospel. Do it in us first. Go to the dark places. Bring us into the light. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.